Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius again. We are, in, we are going through the book of Philippians, the letters of Apostle Paul to the Philippians. Now we are in chapter 3. And as we have been going through, these are exhortations for believers on how we should conduct ourselves and how to live our life. And we need to take you to this because this is the letter to the church, the letter to we believers, that our, that God through Apostle Paul has written to us how to conduct ourselves to please the Lord. Now, verse chapter three is where I am at Philippians chapter three. Take your Bible and read along, and I will stop at some specific verses and expand for. Finally, my brethren, now he said, finally means now wrapping it up. Rejoice in the Lord. Now that is a key thing that is. In everything, we have to let ourselves be full of joy, no matter what situation we are, we are in. Say, rejoice in the Lord. Say, to write the same thing to you, to me, indeed, it's not given, but for you it is safe. Now, it's good to give some warning. Beware of dogs. He's talking of spiritual dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concession. These are people that are going to, that are preaching things that will make a conflict in the household of God or division. But still, therefore, we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, why was it talking about circumcision? Because that was the bone of contention in their days. The Jews that were not believers have been sneaking in and trying to make them to, to bring in the law of Moses. And one of the first things they were thinking, the Apostle Paul was preaching that the people should not circumcise their children anymore. And Apostle Paul was trying to say, it's circumcision that Moses wrote. It's not for the Gentiles, number one. Number two, Christ has completed all of those things in the, by, by his uh, sacrifice on the cross. Everything that they are trying to push. So that's why I say we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. He's talking of the flesh where they think you circumcise your must circumcise your flesh. Say so we don't have confidence in the flesh. Pass forth. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He said, if you are talking of, of uh, who wants to have confidence, then he was a Pharisee too. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law is a Pharisee, concerning zeal, I was persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, I am blameless. That's what Apostle Paul was saying. If I'm to tell you my resume, he was telling them his own resume, his, uh, his qualifications. He said, look, all of those things that all of the non-believing Jews are fighting or opposing Apostle Paul about, he said, if they are to say they are this, they are that, look, I was more than them when I was in, the, in their midst. But verse 7, he said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. That is all those things, all those, those accolades, all those uh, qualifications he thought he has as a Pharisee. Say they were nothing when he came to Christ and became a believer. He, yea, doubtless, was it. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. That is everything that he thought he, he once had as a Pharisee, opposing and persecuting the Christians that he thinks I know better than this people. I am this, I am that, that he thought he knew, quoting the law of Moses for them. He said they were like nothing, he's like dung, just to know Christ, just to know that God manifested the flesh and is giving us the grace freely, 
completely, completely different from what the law of Moses was uh, has put down, which is more like the law of Moses was given to man to them in those days to wait for the Messiah who is going to bring the perfection, which they were fighting against when the Messiah came. But after God opened his eyes, he began to see. That's why he said he counted all those things that he thought he had as an as a as a uh, accolades or qualifications he said count them lost for for the knowledge just throw them away for the knowledge of christ verse 5 and be and that i may be found in christ not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of christ the righteousness which is of god by faith so he's saying that is how we should think our righteousness is no more our righteousness which is the law of moses we do this we don't do this it is now the righteousness which is by faith in of christ the righteousness which is of God by faith. We believe God is one walking in us to be able to do all these things. But still say that I may know Christ, that's him, I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. That is, knowing what is the purpose Christ came to die is a very important knowledge. That's what he's talking about here. The power of his resurrection, why he has to die and resurrect, there's a mystery to it. And he came to demonstrate to us, Christ came to demonstrate to us that there will be resurrection. And the power of that resurrection, he said, I will call them up at the last day. That is the supernatural power of God that will call the dead out of their graves. The bones will come back to, to form themselves. He said, well, does he need those bones? God needed those bones. God, well, those that burned themselves to ashes. Doesn't matter, God can bring those ashes back to bones. See, I suppose said that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. What what is the purpose of all those sufferings? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The, the chastisement of our peace was upon Christ Jesus. By his right we were healed. That is the fellowship. When we come into that fellowship, we were healed. Our bodies healed. So he said that I may know all those things, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now verse 11 is key. Apostle Paul is saying that he is actually saying that he has to, I, if, if, he still say, if I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Apostle is pointing to us here in verse 11 that to qualify for the first resurrection is a qualification. That's what that Bible verse is alluded to in verse 11. Then. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 12 said, not as though I had already attained, neither were already perfect, you see, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am, also I am apprehended, I am all apprehended of Christ Jesus. In short, Apostle Paul is saying he has not arrived yet. You see, Apostle Paul has not arrived yet. When he was preaching this, he said he is still pressing on. That's what he's pointing to us in this chapter three, and that is what our mindset should be. Don't be proud with ego, thinking that you have already arrived because you are now the bishop or you are now the lay leader or you are seeing some visions or dreams that make you think oh i must be great that's why god is showing me those dreams no don't don't think you are great humble yourself the bible say apostle Paul said not as though i have already attained either were already perfect but i follow after i follow after i follow after now remember the logic guys was going up going in when he was still on that when he was preaching and somebody comes to him and says Maybe that fellow that that asked the one of the disciples, he said, "Will we, we only few be saved?" Because he was one of the few. 
And Jesus Christ answered him, he didn't say you are saved, he said that strive to enter in. You are not, don't, don't think you are saved already, because you are following Christ or not. They say we only few of us be saved. He said, strive to enter in. The men will seek to enter, but they will not be able. But you have to strive, it's a struggle. You have to strive to enter in. And Apostle Paul alluded to that same thing here. He said, I follow after. Don't assume that you are already there. Why? Because we are preaching or something, we have already arrived. No. Me that is preaching to you, I have not, not arrived yet, but you are following after. And the same thing is your mindset should be that don't say you have arrived. You may be better and you are better off than some people because you know something they don't know. But you are still following after because you have not arrived yet. And that's what Apostle Paul is saying, verse 12. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. That is, God has called us as what apprehend means He has arrested us or called us. And we are now in His hand and He's using us and He's calling us to come and get something. That's why He called us. Now that He has called us to come and get something, we are to pray ourselves through that we get that thing that He called us for. So that's what Apostle Paul is saying. That I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. God called us to come and get something. But we must struggle to get it. We must aspire to get it. Think of it if somebody in a, in, a, in a place where they are doing a competition and they call people that come and participate in this competition. And when you participate in maybe it's a, it's a 100 meter run. Everybody goes to run 100 meters. But what is the purpose of running this 100 meters? You are going to get this trophy if you win. Also, you get this gold medal if you win. So that is your goal. But you are called, everybody is invited, but some, of, some people, because of their qualification, they have been brought into this field to come and participate in this 100 meter run. So Apostle Paul is saying, yeah, God Christ has apprehended me right now. I'm one of them that are running, but I'm now shooting to make sure that I get that trophy. That's why he said, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. So we are all apprehended of Christ and He has called all of us to come on in and come and get this thing. Now we are to strive to get that thing that He said you should come and get. So it's not over just because you are being, you are part of the people that are running to get it, but there's something you are going to get it. So make sure you keep pressing on. Let me say that again. Because you are one of the people that are participating to go get that trophy, there's something you get the trophy. You're just one of the people that are participating. So then participate to the end so that you can get the trophy. Everyone that endured to the end shall get something. You have to remember that. Everyone that endured to the end shall get something. But you have to endure to the end, participate to the end to get your own trophy. Remember that. That's what Apostle Paul is saying that I may apprehend that for which I also am a president of Christ Jesus. Verse 13. I'm reading Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. That is the mindset you want us to have right there. Don't count yourself as if you are already got it. Oh, you are already in heaven. You can have that faith. Just living by faith is good. But let your mind be still be humble that, Lord, I'm still pressing on. Lord, I'm still pressing on because I've not reached the height yet that I have to reach. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. He said, I can't know myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, that is whatever he has done and passed, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, which are before me. That is, forget the past now, whether your mistakes or your accomplishments. Forget them, there's still more accomplishments to accomplish in the future that you need to press on for. It's almost like going there, somebody went through grade school, primary school, and you finish your primary six or grade six. 
That's not the end of education. Now you go to the next level, middle school. And then you graduate from that. Well, you have to go to the next level, high school. And seek another struggle. But you are growing. You are growing. But you are in another class, another group. And you are now growing to get another degree. And you pass a high school diploma. You praise God. That's not the end of it. You have to press on. You go to the next level. So that is really what the race for Christ also is. So don't think you have gotten all. Until you get to his feet in the end, at the feet of Christ, that's when you can say, it is done. That's what Apostle Paul is saying here. Eh? I can't know myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. That is, there's still more glory ahead. There's still more things to accomplish. There's still more trophies to win. Apostle Paul, verse 14 said, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. High calling. That is, God is calling you higher. Come up higher. Come up higher. Come up higher. That's what it means by high calling of God. It's a price for it. It's a price. Then you get to that higher position. You get one price, but it's not the end. Come up higher. If you get to the next higher level, you get another price. Verse 15. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, anyone that's not to be perfect, be first minded. Let's set your own mindset like that too, like Apostle Paul is teaching us here. Don't say you have arrived. Don't think you have arrived. Don't don't give up. Don't even don't even relax. Don't be relent. Don't be relenting. Don't rest until you get to the highest of fire. And the Bible says, until you get to the feet of Christ, don't think you have got it yet. No. Keep striving on. So that's what he says in verse 15. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you that is. If you are less, if you are not minded like this, God will leave it to you if you humble yourself. God will leave it to what you should be pressing on for. Verse 16. Nevertheless, we are told we have already attained, no matter what level we have attained right now, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. So whatever level you are right now, keep pressing on for the higher heights. That's what he said. Let us mind the same thing. Verse 17. But then the followers together of me, so he's teaching us how he, he operates, he, how he works, how he sets his mind, so that we should also set our mind like that. And then he said, Mark them which works so as ye have us for an example. Those that are following our example, they mark them and example, emulating them. He said, There are some people that are not working like as, as, as we have shown example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even within that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? And whose glory is in their shame? You see, some people, all they are looking for is money for their belly. They may even be precious. He said, their God is their belly. They are trying to make themselves rich and amassing money for themselves. He said, their God is their belly. He said, they mind athletes. That's verse 19. Verse 20 said, but our conversation is in heaven. That is what is our goal? Our goal is to please the Father that is in heaven. So we are heaven bound. Mindset is to be heaven bound. Forget about what you are gathering upon the earth. Some people are making, what you call it, they are building empires for themselves. Some people are building empires for themselves or not. That is, they, they are ministry, they are preaching, they are, they are building churches, they are building schools, they are building, uh, what you call it, mega churches, mega buildings. It look like empires. They are building uh, hospitals and uh, schools to make themselves names. For their for their ministry, it becomes almost like they are not really serving 
Christ, they look like they are serving their belly. That's what Apostle Paul says. Some people are serving their belly how much money they are making. That's serving your belly. He said, they mind earthly things. He said, but our conversation should be in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. So that should be our goal. Our goal in the Christian race is that we want to arrive at that fullness of the stature of Christ. Christ can manifest right now in a blinding light. And that should be our final stage when we are changed from glory unto glory unto the image of the Son of God. Now that should be our goal. We are to press on to enter into that light of God. And that takes dedication, living for Him, following His steps, walking in humility, fasting and praying also often. And those are all the things that matters to God, not uh, how large your crowd is, not how much uh, money you are making, not how, how large is uh, the building you built, or the people say well, their ministry is expanding if they have 20,000 people in their church. It's not the crowd that matters, but make sure that the, the people that gather, they are being built up, being built up to come to the fullness of the stature of Christ, in all humility, in all gentleness, in all kindness, and in all love, divine love. And Apostle Paul is telling us all this, that our conversation should be in heaven, we should be heaven bound, is what he's saying. Heaven bound, want to please heaven, want to please the Father. He said, our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the walking whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So that should be our goal. Press on for the next, to the next side, to the next height. Now we're going to go to chapter 4 of Philippians. Let's continue. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now, Apostle Paul is now giving some exhortation here in the last chapter. Stand fast in the Lord. Now, he's going to begin to tell some individual believers among them to walk together. Verse 2 says, I beseech Eudeus and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in Lord. Now, if those could have been two believers at the heart that they were always having confrontation one with another or they have conflict with one another and he's telling them to have the same mind in the Lord. That some people have reported those believers to the Apostle Paul. So that's why he said, I beseech them to have the same mind in the Lord. But still he said, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel with clement also and with other my fellow liberals whose name are in the book of life it's more like exhorting the brethren that help, help the women that are laboring with us in the gospel no matter what these sisters will do sometimes they help in setting up things they help in in, uh, in uh, encouraging believers or they, they watch the saints feet that's more or less uh, providing for them so help them in all the things they do and God, he said, some of them, he doesn't know their name, but he, he, their names are in the book of life. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. That's the general exhortation to every one of us. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You see where? There's some time when you feel melancholy or you are feeling down because of your current situation. But he say, rejoice in the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you know how to use that joy, and when the devil is casting you down, just begin to praise God. And that joy will come back to your heart. 
and the devil will run off. Why? The devil does not expect you to rejoice when he's beating you down. When you do the opposite of what the devil expects from you, the devil will run off because he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a loser. He expects you to go and cover yourself and be shaking and say you are feeling cold, you are feeling sick. But when you say no, the devil is not going to win and you get out and go and be doing exactly what you say. I've been paid for, I pray for myself, I'm well, and you begin to do opposite what the devil expects. The devil have to take his sickness and run off. You have to counter whatever the devil is throwing at you. That's how you, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's how we overcome some of the things the devil throws. That's why I'm repeating that back. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Verse 5 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. What is moderation? Even in your dressing, let your moderation be known to all men. In your acquiring things, let your moderation be made known to all men. Don't try to, to be the one that is a flamboyant. Everybody wants to see me. Everybody wants to see me. That is not moderation. Moderation, why? Because our, we are not here to say, say that we have, we have not, you see here, have we no continuing city? We seek one to come. We are to live as pilgrims upon earth. If you are a pilgrim, you can't go and buy everything that is in the store because you have no way to carry it. Also, because you know you are just passing by. So we are to live like pilgrims on earth. Then you let your moderation be known to all men. Verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. That says, don't, be don't have anxiety over many things that can make people even sick. Anxiety can make people sick. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That's a very, very important verse. That don't let anything bother your heart. Cast all the bodies upon the Lord Jesus Christ. In everything, pray about it. Supplication is when you plead more. With thanksgiving. Now thank him that he has heard you. That's thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. In Mark chapter 11 verse 24, Christ said, When you, you decide anything, you pray about it, then you believe you receive them, and then you have it. Then you have to thank God if you believe you receive them. Go and read that Mark chapter 11 verse 24. The, the precept God has given to us how to, how to pray. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, Use that as a prayer for yourself that the peace of God shall keep my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, verse 8. Finally, brethren, it's summarizing it again. Whatsoever things are true, this is what we should think about now. It's telling us what we should set our mind on thinking about so that evil thoughts does not creep into our mind. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That is what you want to be exercising your mind on. Don't think of bad thoughts. Don't think of evil thoughts because the devil throw evil thoughts into people and through thoughts people go and implement those thoughts. But you don't want any evil thought to come into you at all. Shut it down. This is how you judge. This is the yardstick you use for judging any thought that's coming to you. Is that thing true? Is it pure? Is it just? Is it honest? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? If it's not any of those things, don't even think about it. Shut it down. And that is what he said we should use. I'll use that as a, as a barometer for, think, for deciding what should I think about. Whatever you want to think about, is it something that is true? It's almost like somebody come and tell you, you use power or something and say, you know something happened? Is that something true? Even if it's true, is it honest? 
or is it just is it of law is it of good report should i even be broadcasting it to anybody else so those are the things which you use to judge what you want to think about if there be any virtue or anything of praise that's what you should be thinking about anything that is of virtue and of praise to god that's what you can think about otherwise shut it down verse 9 said those things which you have heard you have learned and received and heard of me do and god of peace shall be with you so he's saying be followers of me as i am also of christ verse 10 said but i rejoice in the lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again wherein you were also careful but you lack opportunity now he's talking about these philippians are the ones that normally send him donations and offering and that's what he's talking about in these next verses but he said not that i speak in respect of want for i have learned in whatsoever state i am there with to be content apostle is giving us example that he knows how to be content contentment is about to say godliness with contentment is great gain so apostle is giving us an example that he know verse 12 say i know both how to be abased and i know how to abound everywhere and in all things i am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need that is he's not going to let any situations rattle him if he is having plenty he praises god when he's in need of funding he lacks something he didn't cry and moan he just rejoice and and, uh, and manage that's what it means by i know how to abound and i know how to abase he knows how to manage when things are not plenty he knows how to control his his, his expenses not to over, overspend when there are plenty that is very important in life also when there's abundance know how to how to manage it otherwise people waste abundance in the days of uh, joseph in egypt when they have abundance he said abundance there's going to be seven years of plenty if they don't manage it right they will waste it just think about that when there are so much corn so much rice so much wheat people eat it and throw many things away but when there's farming and there's not enough they they now begin to suffer but the wisdom god gave joseph in egypt was that when you have plenty what do you do? save some save it save it store it away because the days of famine is coming when there will be not enough and that is how the cycle of life has been in the world and apostle paul is giving us the same example that he knows how to abase and know how to abound you individually also you conduct your life that know how to abound when you have plenty don't waste it when you have little don't cry just manage it know how to abase know how to abound it's teaching or something verse 13 say i can do all things through christ which strengthens me that is know how to do all things through christ also that is christ is instructing you instructing us verse 14 now he said notwithstanding you have done well that you did communicate with my affliction now he's saying that the philippians are the one that always send him donation that's why he's saying they communicate with his affliction but even though he was in prison when they collected some donation they still sent some money to apostle paul that's what he was referring to there in verse 14. verse 15 is now explaining that now ye philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when i departed from macedonia no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving but ye only so it's now it's now praising them that all the churches that he founded only the Philippians were sending him money. That's what he's saying. Eh? Only them. Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, he sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So he's saying what they are sending is like a fruit. And it will be to their to their praise and to the to their account before the Lord. The other churches that are not sending to him, God noted that also. But he said that God is going to be blessing them abundantly by this sending donation to him and that is what we should also learn like we are doing right now we are sending this gospel on radio from our own fund 
Not that some churches are contributing this to us. It's from the money God gave to us as employee of some engineering place. We are using our own money to do this more. That's how God allowed it. And that, then those that recognize that and they are supporting us, those that recognize that and are supporting us, they are also participating in the ministry that we are doing. And God will, God know, God will know that God is also blessing them specially. But those who think, well, they don't care, then God also will not care when they when they need some financial help. So Apostle Paul is saying it is for their own account, whatever they are giving out to him. But it is a better I have all and abound. I am full, having received of a powerful writers. The powerful writers was the one that brought the donation to them, to Apostle Paul from them. The thing which was sent from you, an order of a Swiss man, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. Now he's going to give them some blessing in verse 19. The people always quote this Bible verse, they never quote, they never remember what Apostle Paul said that these people are sending to him. Say, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That is blessing to those who are giving him donations. So people always quote this Bible verse, they want that supply of your need, but they are not doing the part where he says, you Philippians are the one that are sending me donations. So this blessing is for the Philippians that send him donations. So if you are sending donations to a ministry, and they quoted it, then God will supply your need also because you are supporting the work of the Lord. Verse 20 said, Verse 19 again, he said, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you. Chiefly they are of the sisters also. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So he's saying that even in the, when he was in in prison, he's already converted some people that are now in sisters also. So he's saying they also have disciples say that are also believers now, and they are in sisters also. They are also sending you greetings. This is the end of the book of Philippians. I believe that the Lord has taught you that there are many things you can. We have pointed out that you can learn in giving. You are giving to the Lord, and God noted it. Those who are not giving to His gospel, God noted them also. But see, the blessing that my God shall supply your needs for those is to those that are giving to the Lord, that are good to the work of the Lord. And that's why many people, they like to quote that they are not, that are they doing the things of the Lord. But the Lord will give to you as you give to Him. God bless you.